two, one, boom. Thank you all for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. We're live. Welcome in. It's episode 279 of Kicking It With The King. It's your host, Gabriel Hernandez, as always, coming at you from Northern California on a beautiful Sunday, July 26, 2020. It's good to be back early in the morning, as always. Um, first things first, before we begin the show, we always like to say and plug our show and plug our social media accounts so we can stir up the following, so we can get people on our train, so we can do all of the above when it comes to spreading the word on the show. If you don't know, now you know. Ladies and gentlemen, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KWTKPod. We're not necessarily like the most active on the social media accounts, but I am very active on my account, so why not give me a follow as well? G the King Official on Instagram, um, Facebook.com slash Gabriel King Hernandez. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Obviously, like I said, it's Sunday. It's Jesus Day. There'll be no cussing on this fucking show, that's for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, obviously, I know some people take that Sunday to heart, so hopefully I don't like offend anybody out there. I know there's people out there that may get like a little touchy over saying that, but anyways, guys, it's good to be back here, um, a lot to talk about today, a lot to cover, obviously, the last fight, last event on Fight Island, just recapped yesterday, or just finished up, just wrapped up, Fight Island is all wrapped up, um, hearing that the UFC will be returning to Abu Dhabi in September, but for right now, we will return back to the States, and so forth, uh, but first thing, before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you guys, the 2012, if you've seen my Instagram, my Snap, and my, no, I don't know if I posted it on my Twitter, bro. so, as you know, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if a lot of you can relate to this, or, I mean, I know a lot of girls probably can, no, it's not no weird shit, nothing like that, but, um, you know how you take a bunch of pictures all the time, and you post them? In different outfits, or girls just are posting different pictures of all their fucking clothes and all the shit in their wardrobe that they wear and all that. You know that that's the thing. And you know when it comes to selfies and stuff, how long it takes. You know how fucking long it takes to take a proper selfie. Like you gotta get the angles right. You gotta get everything right. You gotta make sure you don't blink. You gotta make sure, make sure that you're you're. You know, it's not blurry or you didn't fuck anything up. You gotta make sure there's not shit in the background. Because when you're posting that to the masses, you gotta realize everybody can see it. So, like I said, my point being, I posted a picture yesterday. Turned it into a collage. Like four different facial expression poses on there. And, um, you know, it just, uh, no, it's like I said. 2020 isn't full effect. I actually dyed my hair blondish type. I don't know what color you would really call it. It's like really dirty blonde or something like that. Very dirty blonde. Because I have really dark brown hair. So, like I said, I dyed it. Like, I dyed it for three different, three different times. Not three different, I mean like three different times, but, you know, the first time I didn't necessarily, um, get every single afflicted area that I, I wanted. So now when you open like the shades of sun and you see it, it's just like very fucking colored. So you can definitely tell how 
how good it worked. It looks good now. Like I said, 2020 is a full effect. And, uh, um, no new looks. New looks always warranted and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, my fucking head's been killing me, too, by the way. Like, the last few days. Not killing me, but I know exactly why. Give me one second. I'm going to my day off technically I do have work later I do have five hours that's later on tonight right now is right now and we wait for later but um anyways ladies and gentlemen anyway let's, enough wasting time let's get into the fights uh, Robert Whitaker took on Darren Till in the main event and you know obviously um, he's coming off the loss to Israel Adesanya and that, in fact, was a loss that lost him his UFC middleweight belt. Till coming off the win over Gastelum. And, you know, obviously these guys went to war. It was a back-and-forth fight. Very technical. Stylistically, you know, when this fight was announced and, and talked about for the longest time, you know, we thought about this to me stylistically a very interesting fight. You know, Till's an excellent striker. His, his left hand counter is very nasty. You know, he's nasty elbows, nasty kicks, nasty kicks, nasty punches. And obviously showed he can go the 25-minute distance. I mean, I see this uh, stat. Uh, this pos- positivity is a, is a thing in this sport, regardless of winning or losing. So uh, I just want to quickly pull that up on my Twitter. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, follow me on Twitter, at G, the King, MMA. I actually shut some people down earlier on Twitter as well. I mean, some people just aren't knowing what they're saying. How about Dan Hardy going hard? No no pun intended. How about Dan Hardy going hard in the paint on Herb Dean? I mean, did you see that shitty-ass stoppage? Uh, Maseron Duba, Francesco Tonaldo, uh, you know, if you look at it right now here, here we pull up the ESPN MMA uh, freaking t- Twitter. You know, he lands that big, what is it? He lands a big right hand. What's the right hand? And he, wait, it's a left hand, watch, watch, boom, dude falls, Herbert falls, and right when he falls, Herb Dean should have stopped that fight, I mean, what the fuck were you waiting for, Herb Dean, I mean, you let him get a couple more nasty shots in, I mean, credit to Herbert for, you know, immediately getting up and responding and not necessarily being, like, out, out, like, to where, like, everyone's, like, you know, where you just, you're fucking out, like, he got right up, and, you know, credit to him, but, um, you know, it's unnecessary damage and unnecessary bullshit. That was one of the worst, uh, you know, calls that Herb Dean has called. And, you know, me, I'm not the kind of guy to sit here and talk about bullshit stoppages. I'll give my um, very detailed opinion on it and stuff. You know, I, most of the time, times that I feel like I've talked about it is some fights where they stop too early or too late. But when it's clearly like that and you see Dan Hardy getting real you know, getting real crazy and stuff, you know, obviously, like I said, it's in the heat of the moment, it's the adrenaline, there's like a million different emotions all going through these fighters' heads, and fighters like Dan Hardy, you know, who know what it takes to be in the cage, it's not just some regular dude that just hasn't trained and, and never fought in the day in his life, no, it's Dan fucking Hardy, I mean, I, I mean if you've seen um, his response, there's a couple videos on, on the internet, on Twitter, that you see of him, you know, kind of, you know, 
kind of going at it with going in and with her being. I mean, these are fighters' lives. It's not a video game. You can't restart. You can't fill up your stamina bar again. You know how much damage you know some of these guys take. You know, in training and stuff. Robert Whitaker made a good point about this actually. So. He says, you guys only see 15 to 25 minutes of the fight. You don't see the training. You don't see the grind. You don't see the ups. You don't see the downs. And then, and then for the hardcore judgment that a lot of these fighters do get in the sport is absolutely, you know, out of out of this world and absolutely insane and stuff. And I'll never be able to fathom where the logic comes from a lot of these fight fans. I'm not a fan of ignorant fight fans. I've told G this. I've told everybody this. I'm not a fan of ignorant fight fans, but at the end of the day, I know that these fight fans exist, and you know they're everywhere, man. Ignorant fans, fans that don't know what they're talking about, fans are uneducated, fans that just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I should post a tweet earlier, you could check it out. Um, quote, it's so annoying seeing people who don't even fight, let alone have a detailed and proper education of the sport. And, and, wait, wait, I'm restart. It's so annoying seeing people who don't even fight, let alone have a detailed and proper education of this sport try and say when a fighter should retire. Once again, who are you to say shit, especially when your profile is shit, just like your clueless opinions, SMH, shitty fight fans. That was quoted at this, this fucking I was reading on Instagram. Rabisha Overdoom defeated Alexander Gustafson um, by armbar first round, you know, uh, Gustafson's first fight at heavyweight, as we talked about on the last show. And, you know, obviously, like I said, he looked good on his feet, and, you know, his, his speed, and, you know, I'm curious to see how his power was, but similarly to Kelvin Gastelum, he made a, a rookie mistake, not a rookie mistake, I'm not calling Gastelum or Gustafson any rookies, but anybody could make a mistake, and let me tell you this, like I said, all this happens all the time, this is a huge quote in MMA, this is something a lot of people say, anything can happen in this sport, but you've got to watch the fuck out. And you can't have a guy like Verdum on your back like that. I don't care who you are. Verdum gets your back. More times than not, he's going to submit you. Best practitioner, best one of the best heavyweight uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in MMA, not just in the UFC. So that was Fabrizio Verdum's last fight on his contract. He has openly stated before the fight that he won't resign. Hopefully. He resigns, man, because I think that heavyweight division needs some depth. I think he still has a lot to offer. Obviously, former UFC heavyweight champion, you know, beat the likes of Fedor and Cain Velasquez when Cain Velasquez was on top. You know, beat Fedor when he hadn't been beaten in, in years and years and years. You know, it was the first man to submit and stop Fedor. And after that, Fedor went on to get knocked out a few times and stuff like that. And, you know, take a lot of, uh, take a lot of damage later on in life. But, um... For Verdum's, like you know, you know, it's been fun because you look at the early, 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 early UFC days. You look at the Pride days. Verdum fought in Pride. Wait, wait, did Verdum fight in Pride? I think so. Let me pull it up. But before I forget, um, yeah, so like Verdum, it's been fun to watch him slowly, but surely, um, well, dude, fucking Red De La Cruz is so fucking. Oh my god. That's the kind of chick out. That's my kind of girl right there. Um, but you know what I was going to say about Verdum? It's been awesome. You know, you know more. this more show, more show like showed in the two Travis Brown fights that Verdum had. But, you know, just being able to watch his striking evolve over the years. Because, mind you, 
Verdum wasn't a fucking striker at, at first, and then you see him running at Travis Brown, throwing that fucking sidekick to the, jumping sidekick to the face. Dude, he started the fight off that way. No wind-up, no nothing. I mean, he, he's obviously paid for that, you know, running in on Stipe like that, but Verdum's a wild man. Striking is fucking crazy, man. It's it's crazy to see his involvement over the years. And, you know, 40-plus years old, you know, he's still doing the damn thing. It still looks good. Obviously, he looked like shit in his last fight against Olenek. I thought Verdum actually, uh, was that a split decision? Did Verdum lose a split? Let me pull that up real quick. Because, you know, that, that, shit, that fight was a shit fight. That wasn't even that long ago, actually. But, you know, I, I wish that fight didn't happen. Overall, though, if you look at the, the, the Verdooms of the world that beat Fedor, beat Cain Velasquez, you know, pieced up Travis Brown for a long time. Um, oh, Verdoom, this is breaking news. Uh, well, not breaking news, two hours ago via MMAfighting.com. Uh, with future uncertain, Fabricio Verdoom eyes rematch with Fedor Mimimanko. I mean, over at Bellator, of course. I mean, I know that Fedor is over in Bellator, and, you know, Verdum's got to go. It's worth it. He's got to go until less bullshit happens. You know, there's no Usada over there. Obviously, there's drug testing. I'm not accusing, nor am I in, implying Verdum's going to do any of that stuff, but there's no bullshit over there in Bellator when it comes to the drug testing, Usada being suspended, and all that different kind of stuff. And mind you, he's at the more end end of his career. He says he wants to be a champion again. If you look at the heavyweight landscape in the UFC right now, it's going to be a little bit of a longer road considering the fact that he's already lost to Stipe. Um, obviously, you got the Daniel Cormier fight. Obviously, win or lose, Cormier will retire. Um, but then you can't really... There's not really like... I mean, obviously, you got Francis Ngannou. You got Curtis Blades. I mean, throwing in a Fabricio Verdum and beating an Alexander Gustafson doesn't necessarily do anything for him at heavyweight presently when it comes to the ranks because of Alexander Gustafson hadn't been ranked. He, he, he's ranked at light heavyweight. Oh, he's one of the top fighters at light heavyweight. And then seeing him move up to heavyweight is very exciting, man. Still, it's exciting. And um, we can circle back to what we were saying about Gastelum and, and, and uh, Alexander Gustafson. You know, obviously, like I said, you know, they're rookie mistakes. He seemed positive after the fight. I know deep down it must hurt and you know it must suck. And, you know, you know heavyweight return after being retired. He didn't really make any, imp. Uh, he, he he didn't really make any implications that he was done or anything like that. I definitely hope he wasn't done because he did look good on the feet. He looked very good on the feet. And mind you, if this is a kickboxing fight, I pick Alexander Gustafson ten times. But this is in and ten times out of ten, this is MMA. Obviously, you can't. You can't give it back to people who are known for chokes. You can't give people, you can't give anyone any openings. Not especially not a guy like Verdun because his Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, is second to none. And if you look at, you look and think about like the top jiu-jitsu practitioners in the entire world of MMA. I mean, you got Chaka Ray. And you remember that fucking that beautiful arm triangle choke over Chris Camozzi? Both times, dude, those are fucking great fucking submissions, dude. Just the technique that he did. His grappling, Jacare's grappling and wrestling is solid, too. And his striking, I mean, he can put it all together. When's Jacare fighting again? We need to see some Jacare in the cage. Um, yeah, we got Jacare. We got Fabrizio Verdun. We got the Noguera brothers. Um, Damian Maya, man. This, these guys are some of the top Brazilian guys, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys in the 
How fucking awesome is it, dude, just to implement your will on another opponent, like, take them down at will, you know, control them on the ground with your grappling, you know, suffocate them with their pressure. I'm not talking about any fighter specifically, I'm just, I've seen this, I mean, we see guys like Khabib do this, we see Daniel Cormier do that, like the Dan Henderson, you know, just, you know, Khabib does it all the time, Kamaru, more so known, but, you know, he's not necessarily beating people into a submission, more so, like I say, like a Damian Maya kind of guy. Like, you remember, like, take them down and control them and, you know, kind of get them to the point where, you know, you soften them up and get to the point where you can submit them. That seems cool. That seems cool to beat the fuck out of someone on the ground and, you know, get them to quit and stuff like that. But all respects to all these guys that fight. So, you know, unfortunate for Alexander, unfortunate for uh, Darren Till, but, you know, like I said, with Alexander comparing to Darren Till, both men seemed in good spirits after the fight, and um, yeah, obviously it was a fantastic fight. Robert Whitaker's uh, all class as always. Um, Darren Till class as always. You know his Instagram's funny. It's hilarious. I mean, he, he gave all props to Rob after the fight, and um, all vice versa. So both men gave the respect where respect is deserved. You know, very it was a very tough fight. You know, Rob said it openly. It was one of the most technical fights, one of the hardest fights he had to do because how technical he had to be. The entire time, so um, now we can sit here and talk about what's next. That's the fun part. I mean, he's got I mean, Darren Till got the props from the middleweight champion Israel Sanya. Israel stating that he still wants to fight Darren Till, regardless of that. No, not regardless of that, but you know, he still would like to fight him because he says his, his striking is beautiful, and you know, that obviously would have been a fun fight for a lot of people because we've talked about that. And I know loads of fans have also talked about wanting to see that fight, so that could be a fight in the near future. It's a middleweight division, it's stacked. You know, maybe Darren Till goes back, and you know, this is this segues into the next thing. I was just gonna say something else, but I'm not gonna say it because it's the next part of what we're talking about before we, be, but 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 before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, quick commercial break. We are brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing three things in one for when it comes to an application, a podcast application. It's easy to use. I've been using it forever now, nearly almost a decade, four more years, and it'll be a decade I've been using Anchor. How crazy is that? It's historic. Anchor is five stars in the App Store, and, you know, if you read the comments, there's no bad reviews on Anchor. It's 100% free. It's easy to use. You distribute your podcast to multiple podcast providers, so your podcast can be available on more more places than one, and you don't have to everybody to go to that one application or subscribe to that one place. It's multiple places that you can subscribe. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Apple. It's available everywhere. You want your podcast to be as openly available as possible for people to to have access and be able to listen to it and that's what anchor does you can also visit excuse me the website at www.anchor.fm forward slash kwtk pod for access to all of our content all of our podcast episodes that we've done with anchor and so forth you can support our show if you want you can donate some money if you want not saying you have to i do the show for free um and you can also start your own podcast. You can either go to the App Store or download the podcast. Download the pod, the podcast app yourself in the Google Play Store as well as as uh, the Android one. So, like I said, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, Anchor.fm/start start your own podcast today. And now back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, quickly follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KWTK Pod, as well as Instagram at 
G, the King official. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back into it. So, like I said, we're talking about Darren Till. Uh, what's next for the winners and losers? I mean, also, forgot to mention, Mauricio Shogunua picks up a win over uh, Antonio Little Nog Noguera. Thomas, if you guys know, hopefully you do. If you don't, you need to stop watching MMA. They fought three times now. Total three times, and Shogun went 3-0 and in the trilogy. I think, I think so. Is that, is that true? Is it 3-0? Let me make sure. Because I don't like to butcher things and have it sound wrong, especially live on air. Because, like, you say that shit on, online, or you say that on a podcast, and you sound stupid. Now we can make sure we make, we make sure we, uh, what's it called, uh, like we say things, and if we if we don't, we come back and let me see. Damn, Shogun's thirty-eight years old. Former UFC light heavyweight champion. Former Pride middleweight and yeah, former Pride Pride middleweight champion as well. 27 and 11, 27 wins, 11 losses. I mean, for a pride veteran like that, to, to have that kind of uh, record, that's a good record, man. Not going to lie. I mean, he was a champion before John Jones, and he had some fun fights with Machida. Obviously, the first one was controversial. Oh, I did not know that. Whoa, whoa, I forgot about that. He fought Paul Craig back in November of 2019, I didn't know that fight was, I didn't even, I forgot he fought Paul Craig, and I forgot it was a draw, a, a split draw, that's crazy, and then before that, he beat Tyson Pedro, the younger stud, and lost Anthony Smith, and beat the fuck out of John Vellante, back in 2017, close fight over Corey Anderson, and then, you know, Noguera, he fought Noguera back in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, back at uh, UFC 190. So a, a total, uh, you know, all the people Shogun has lost to is Renato Sobral, Mark Holman, Forrest Griffin, Leota Machida, John Jones, Dan Anderson, Alexander Gustafson, Chael Sonnen, Olvin St. Preux, Anthony Smith. Absolute murderer's row. Absolutely. So, um, what, what was I looking at? I, I was looking at when he fought. Um, oh, yeah, so he, he fought and beat Noguera back in 2005 in Pride Critical Countdown. And then he comes back to the UFC and beats him again at UFC 190. And then he just beat him last night as well at the final uh, fight card in, uh, in uh, Fight Island. So, now we can get back to talking about the top three fights. Shogun, Noguera, Till, Whitaker, and um, Gustafson versus the Bulls. But we're going to talk about what's next. Anyway. So, obviously, look at you look at from top to bottom, we look at Verdum. Verdum, like I said, most likely won't be in the UFC anymore after this fight. He's elected to not re-sign, openly talked about not re-signing, so we'll see what happens next, you know, he says he wants to fight with Fedor, I actually, um, was on Instagram comment feed yesterday, reading what everyone says should be next and stuff, and I was thinking, um, if you want to have some fun in Bellator, man, do some freak show fights, maybe fight, uh, Ryan Bader, is that, is that, is that too early to say, he says he wants to be a champion again, 
Um, I mean, I mean, obviously Ryan Bader's wrestling heavy and no striking heavy. Lots of power on the feet, too. You can't sleep on a guy like Ryan Bader. So, I mean, like I said, Verdum, you know, is coming off of a win. I mean, Bellator, Scott Coker, Verdum was in strike force. So, I mean, it would be a perfect link-up. I mean, at this point in time of his career, I mean, why not have a fun fight? You know, there's a couple of fun fights over there in Bellator at heavyweight. But, you know, like I said, if he wants to be a champion again, all respect to the contenders over in Bellator, the heavyweights and stuff. Not Ryan Bader. I know Ryan Bader's the baddest motherfucker in that, in that, in that, um, in there. But the road to Ryan Bader is, is a little bit more easier for Verdum rather than if he was to fight and try to fight his way to a UFC heavyweight title shot because of the crazy landscape of the heavyweight division versus the crazy landscape of the heavyweight division over in Bellator. So UFC's heavyweight division is a lot more stacked. It's a lot more, um, you know, in-depth. So the, the, the road to a heavyweight title shot for Verdum in Bellator, I feel, like I said one more time, would be a lot easier, in my opinion. Not saying that there isn't tough fighters in, in Bellator and stuff. It's just the road's not nearly as a war zone for Verdum. You, know, you got to watch out because there's some power hitters in there too. So Verdum... Most likely, hopefully he goes to Bellator, hopefully he gets a better deal or something, something along those lines, and you know, yeah, and he's involved in some really good fights. Okay, so Gustafson, so now, is this going to be a regular thing? Is he going to be a guy at heavyweight, or is he going to go back down to light heavyweight? I mean, heavyweight seems a lot more fresher for him at this stage of his career. Not saying he's nearing the end, I just feel like, you know, like I said, when you, when you are, I talked about this uh, on the other show on the, on the other day. Um, when you're not as active, if you look at his resume, if you look at how active and now, you know, not necessarily been fighting too frequently and stuff like that, if you look at the last five years. But, no, he's at that stage, man. He's still learning. He's still getting better. And I said that, like, if if John Jones wasn't the champion at light heavyweight, I'd say Gustafson would have been a champion at light heavyweight. It doesn't matter if, um, you know, obviously the people he's lost to, you know, Anthony Smiths of the world and stuff like that. I still feel that Gustafson is a top tier fighter and is one of the best fighters in the world to never win a UFC championship. So all praise for Gustafson, a lot of love. A lot of people still respect and love him and care. And you know, he looked good for the portion of time that it was on the feet. And, you know, obviously seeing him as a heavyweight was good. So I think it's going to be the learning curve next time around. I think he can be a. You know, obviously a huge threat, obviously, but, you know, you know, giving your back to a guy like Verdum necessarily isn't the best thing to do. So, you know, obviously, like I said, win, lose, or draw. Gustafson's a huge, huge name. He's huge. He's fun to watch. Looked good. You know, um, I mean, I don't know who, who comes to mind for him to fight at heavyweight next. I can't think of anybody. Uh, maybe like a Maurice Screen kind of guy. Something like along those lines to you know maybe get him back in the position of pitcher, not back as a pitcher, just get him back in with the win column in the win column. So I'm not saying Maurice Green's an easy fight. I'm saying it's probably one of those guys who are unranked at the point at the moment. Maybe get a guy like that. Maybe get Gustafson a number next to his name sooner rather than later. But who knows? You know, like I said, I'm not trying to rush him. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not in a hurry to see Gustafson back anytime soon. No disrespect. I just, you know, I want him to sit there and evolve and get better and not necessarily rush things because, you know, as fight fans, we selfishly want to see our best fighters or our favorite fighters get back in the win columns, especially when they lose. That's something that a lot of us do and we rush it and we talk about the next 
best fight or what's the next fight and stuff like that. So let me get it. So fucking crazy though that 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 fight happened, man. I'm just sitting here thinking while I'm drinking this. Um, I'm like, Gustafson fought fucking the boom. That's crazy. Gustafson had a fight at heavyweight before John Jones. And the funny part about that, you think about it, you know how many times John Jones has been talking about heavyweight for? This is just a fun little side note. John's been talking about heavyweight way before Gustafson. And fun fu- fun fact about this. For Verdum fight is that this shit came out of fucking nowhere, 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 absolutely crazy. But like I said, I like to see him still fight. And and that comment that I had posted on Twitter about uneducated and un um you know no lack of details and stuff like that of people understanding shit in the sport. That was directed at a specific person saying that. Gustafson should retire, I mean, if he was losing, like, four in a row or some shit like that, and just fighting real often, like a Cerrone kind of guy, and getting beaten down, getting slept, no, he's making technical mistakes, that happens in this sport, especially when you've been gone for a while, and on top of that, you gotta look at who the fuck they're fighting, he's not fighting some loser, you know, losing these dudes, He's losing the guys, like I said yesterday, or on the last show, he's losing the guys like Anthony Smith. I mean, I can list all of Gustafson's losses at the top of my head. Phil Davis, Anthony Johnson, Daniel Cormier, John Jones twice, Anthony Smith, um, and um, the last one just recently for Bruce Overdoom. And Lord have mercy, and if you want to really think about some positive Gustafson highlights, remember when he beat the hell out of fucking Glover Teixeira, dude? It was like, boom, that uppercut. Boom, the uppercut. The uppercut. And then it wasn't like a left hook or right hook. It drops him. And he ends the fight. We, 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 we want to see that kind of Gustafson. I think we still will. I have confidence in it, regardless of what you guys say. It's because of like the frequent, the, the, the lack of frequently fighting maybe three times in one year, every single year or something like that, because of injuries and stuff like that. I mean, global pandemic, for example, um, and along those lines. But, you know, we haven't really, you know, our specs of Gustafson, you know, I don't know what goes on in the training room. I don't know what happens, everything, when it comes to anything else that goes along those lines. But I did notice on Wikipedia and, and you know, the, uh, his, his resume that he hasn't been, he's not the most active, but when he's back, it's a big fight. Anytime Gustafson's back is a big fight. So, um, I'd still like to see him fight one more time at least, or if he can get two more in this year, then he can. But I'd still like to see him fight one more time or so, something this year, before this year is up, because we're in the middle of the year. July is about to be wrapped up. It's about to be August, so you know it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with him in the near future, him and Verdum, because of Verdum's uncertain future with the UFC, you know, post post this last recent fight. I mean, the best part about it for Verdum on Verdum's hands is that he is um, coming off of this and leaving, if potentially leaving UFC on a win versus getting knocked out, which is a lot of a lot of people thought Verdum was going to get slept. Shoot, I would have bet if I was on the feet, if this fight was on the feet, him and Gustafson, who it had stayed on the feet, I'd say Gustafson would have won. But did you see the takedown defense Gustafson had? 
that he learned when he started training with Phil Davis early on, once he lost to Phil, you know, he went down to All-Star Alliance and stuff, and, you know, he worked on his wrestling, and he was taking people down and, you know, showing amazing takedown defense. He's one of the only two guys, uh, one of the, one of the, well, obviously, Cormier has lost recently, but he's one of the only guy, he's the only guy in the world that convincingly, a lot of people thought he beat John Jones convincingly. Fuck Dominic Reyes. Fuck Tiago Santos. None of those fights were close. John Jones clearly won those fights on the scorecards. We've talked about the controversy regarding the Reyes fight. The Tiago Santos, how did he have any fucking legs left by the time the fight was over? And why was that? No, it's because John Jones, you know, obviously Tiago threw those kicks and, you know, caused his own injuries. But John Jones, you know, effectively, you know, outpointed him and had it to where he wasn't even able to fucking walk towards the end of the fight, man. Had him out. Tiago Santos still hasn't fought. So anybody that says Reyes and, and Santos won those fights against Sean, go fuck yourself. We really want to talk about someone who, I mean, they're close and stuff. I don't mean to be rude, but no, I mean, obviously I know there's a deep down technical, technical things. I love to see, how about this? I'd like to see rematches with Reyes and Santos down the line if they're able to work their way up to the UFC lightweight title at the time. And if John Jones is still the champion or John Jones is still in the sport, which he still will be, but still be, it would be nice to see um, John, you know, John looks better in rematches. I don't know how we got to talk about John. We'll get right back to Gustafson in a second. But John looks better in rematches, so maybe he comes back and beats Santos convincingly. Maybe the top contender, Dominic Reyes, he beats him convincingly as well. You, you look at John's rematches that he had. First fight with Cormier, decision, back and forth. First fight with Gustafson, closest fight of John's career still to this day. And, you know, physically, you look at the way John, no one's pieced John up like that. Nobody's made John's face look like that. Nobody's made John sit in the hospital like that. Who? Who who did that? Alexander Gustafson. So you got to give Alexander Gustafson all the respect in the world, man. He's very humble. He's a beautiful family, beautiful daughter, beautiful wife, and, you know, just overall very classy guy, win, lose, or draw, man. This guy's a very, uh, very nice guy. And I wish all the best for one Alexander Gustafson. He's definitely a fun guy to watch, and, you know, he's must-see TV each time. Any time he fights, so shout out to Alexander Gustafson. All right, going into the the co-main event. Well, not the co-main event, but you know, Shogun taking on Nogueira and Nogueira brothers. Man, they've been fighting for forever. And if you remember what Nogueira said before this, that this would be his last one, win or lose. Unfortunately, it's split decision loss. And man, split decision losses. Come and retiring after like a split decision loss. That being like I I heard I seen a lot of people saying that they thought Nogueira won, and when people are saying that and stuff, and then when you read that as a fighter, you're just like, oh fuck, how like in my head, dude, how the fuck can you go out on a L that was a split? Maybe if it was like a clear cut unanimous decision win. Or a fun fight back and forth or something, but you know, not not a. I mean, it was a fun fight back and forth, considering the fact that it was a split decision. A lot of people thought Nogueira had it, but you know, just to go out on a loss like that, like say say like you go on a loss, like a, a fight that ninety nine percent of the world thought you won. That's like the Jose Aldo when he fought uh, Marlon Myers. We went on to fight for a world title. People thought he won. Dana White thought he won. So. When he goes to these close fights, these split decisions, like the Shogun and Nogueira fight, 
you know, I don't know. I just couldn't. I, for me, personally, I just, I couldn't retire. I mean, obviously, he, he's a lot older. He's fought a long time in the UFC. And, you know, he's fought pride. He's the, old, uh, the, the twin brother of a retired legend, heavyweight legend, one of the best uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys as well, uh, Antonio Nogueira. Um, you know, he's obviously the younger brother, and he's still fighting. He fought, fought quite some Quite a long, quite uh, some time after his older brother, or his uh, uh, well, is he? No, not older. They're the same age. Not his older brother, but his other brother. His, you know, his heavyweight brother. So I mean, Shogun gets the win. Um, he's he's won more than he's lost recently, so he's looked good. Um, I don't know necessarily when it comes to. What what is he rank? Is Shogun rank? I don't think so. But when it comes to fun fights, um, what's next? What's next for Shogun? I don't know. Alright, we're back. What baffles me is how the fuck can we go halfway through this fucking podcast without talking about Kamzad Chimov? Is that how you pronounce it? Kamzad Chimov? Kamzad Chimov. Alright. Kamzad Chimeyov, the shortest time between UFC wins and UFC in 10 days. He had two wins. One win at 185. He took on short notice. One win he took at 170. He beat the fuck out of both of those guys. You want to know the stats? The stats that Mr. Chimeyov has has put out? No one's been able to do the shit that he's been doing. Let me pull up. I I, I don't know the numbers exactly. It's less than five strikes for both for both both dudes that Chimeyov has fought. And he's fought two separate times in the last ten days. Damn, look at that ass, bro. What's her name? Her name's Damn Dam J. Lee. What's his name? Oh, damn, this girl's sexy as fuck. Damn, she's got ass, bro. And she's short, too. What's she look like? That could be my baby mama any day. I, I don't give a fuck. I'll adjust to it. I'll pay you, baby girl. <laughs> Child support, sign me up if you're fucking hot like that. Just kidding. Um, let me go to Dana White. I was going to look at Dana White's uh, Instagram because he has the stat on Chimeyov. I don't know if ESPN and May has it as well. Okay, here we go. Kamzad Chimeyov. Total strikes landed against John Phillips back at UFC Fight Night 172. That was July Earlier, 10 days ago, literally. Or 11 days or something like that. some Sometime some around, like, less than two weeks. Whatever you fuck you want to say. Um, Kamzad Chimeyev landed, outlanded Kams, uh, John Phillips 124 strikes to two. And just recently, yesterday, he beat Ryas McKee 68 strikes to zero. And this dude's impressive. And he's winning fight, fights fast. He, he gives off the Khabib-like vibes, though. You know what like, you know what I mean? He gives, like, Khabib-like vibes, like, the way that he talks, the way that he's in, uh, the way that, uh, the way with his, the way that is, uh, fucking, just the way he says he can just smash people. And, and how about fucking dumb fuck Dylan Dennis saying, oh, I'll sub Chimea easy, like, all respects to your jujitsu and your your dedication to the craft, but shut the fuck up. Like Dylan Dennis, come on, man. Jesus Christ. 
goodness fucking god. If you want to talk about cringe, take Henry Cejudo out of the picture. Henry Cejudo can actually fight. Dylan Dennis? Two wins? Against people no one knows who the fuck they are? I understand you're Connor's training partner and butt buddy, but dude, get a life, dude. You're not beating Newsman. You're not beating Vidal. You're not beating none of these people you're saying. And, you know, more than half the time that he, he speaks and talks and opens his mouth when it comes to this shit, I don't even think he believes half the things he's saying. He just says it because he knows people are going to react. He knows people are going to say things, and that's exactly what he wants. It's a con artist, man. It's it's such a fucking gimmick. Like, get out of here with that shit. And it's just like, dude, you haven't you don't even fight. Like you, you fight but you you're even that active, man. You don't even fight the best guys. You're not even you know, if you really like the shit and stuff like that and whatever else is that you claim, fast track yourself in a world title shot. Fight the fight in the one hundred and seventy fight for the one hundred and seventy pound title. Okay. A highly Highly, highly doubt you'll be Douglas Lima. I, I would pick 99.99999% every time if he were to fight Douglas Lima. I say Douglas Lima will get the best of him when it comes to the submission game. So Dylan Dennis, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. Because anything you say regarding beating any UFC kind of guys, probably most m more people he's called out and said he's beaten other than Jake Paul and Logan Paul, he ha might have a chance. Jake Paul has good hands, so I think Jake Paul will give him problems. We're talking about YouTube stars here, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. It's 2020, but Dylan Dennis, sit down and shut the fuck up. I know you train, but shut the fuck up because you know, we all know that you wouldn't be any other people that are in the UFC. Maybe, maybe, maybe CM Punk. That's the only guy you could be. CM Punk. Other than that, sit down and shut the fuck up. Moving on. Cam Nachimayov. I mean, um. You know, like I said, I've seen this happen a lot. Fast finishes, promising prospect, and doing things a lot of people don't do when it comes to significant strikes landing. John Phillips only landed two strikes. Wait, what was it? John Phillips? John Phillips only landed two strikes? Other than that, Chimayov is 192 strikes landed to two. They only hit him two times. Are you kidding me? That is insane, bro. That's insane. And, you know, like I said, you know, the guy's a superstar. But the thing I was going to say, and what I was going to segue into is UFC, make sure you take care of um, Chimayoff. Because I've seen this happen lots of times. We've seen it happen loads of times. I'm not saying that, I mean, Chimayoff's doing things a lot of people haven't done in the shortest time shortest turnaround in UFC history, making UFC history already, until someone does that again, you know, all respects to Cowboy Cerrone, but Shemayov, back to back to back, I can see this guy fight every single week, more so every single day, and Shemayov did say he could fight again in an hour, Khabib-like vibes, he gives off those Khabib-like vibes, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about, trains with Alexander Gustafsson, right, in Stockholm, Sweden, all-stars, yeah, that's a uh, that's Kami Barzini right there. That's a uh, that's this is it's Gustafson's team. You know, so I think it's a pretty, 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 pretty interesting fight.
yeah, man, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, uh, like, uh, you know, pretty good, but, like, but, but I was gonna say, well, what, what I was gonna try to get at is that, ooh, breaking news, UFC will investigate confrontation between Herb Dean and Dan Hardy, oh my god, give me a fucking break, you guys gonna relax, come on. What did they say, though? All right, here we go. This is via BJPen.com. The UFC will investigate an on-air confrontation between Herb Dean and commentator Dan Hardy, which occurred on UFC Fight Night Island 3 on Saturday. Controversy? I mean, there's there, the controversy's there. There, there. There's no argument. It's a, It was a complete shitty stoppage. Right when Trinaldo slept him with that left hand, dude, he should have stopped that. That was like a walk-off KO. I mean, Maseron Duba on this side, he, obviously, like I said, you, you fight until the referee pulls you off and then they say the fight's over, so we had no choice but to land those few extra blows on the ground. But, you know, if you look at it, you know, if you if you were trying to, you know, look at look at the footage. Look at the fucking footage. And you'll see what the hell everyone's complaining about. And you'll see what Dan, fi Dan, Dan Hardy's going at. All right, controversy occurred in a lightweight contest between Trinaldo and Jay Herbert in the third round. Trinaldo leveled Herbert with the overhand left. Yeah, he dropped him. He, he left him unconscious. You know, he slept him. That was a one-punch, one-punch fucking walk-off KO. He should have walked away. Herb Dean should have stopped it right then and there. But Herb Dean neglected to stop the action, leaving Trinaldo to land two additional and concussive strikes. And they are strong strikes, too. Hardy, former fighter, was furious about Herb Dean's delay in stopping the fight and could be heard screaming at the referee from his seat in the broadcast booth. Shortly thereafter, he confronted Herb Dean at cage side, I'm doing, I'm doing my job now. Do yours, Hardy could be saying to Herb, 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 Hardy could be saying to Herb, gotta look out for these fighters. My goodness, yeah. UFC senior VP David Shaw opened up on an incident. I was on the floor when it happened. Shaw said in this incident between Herb and Hardy. I did hear some of the com comments on the broadcast. Here's the thing: being a ref in MMA is one of the hardest roles you can have, as we've heard. Herb Dean is one of our best categorically, categorically. The bottom line, health and safety of the athlete system are paramount importance. On the other side, you got a, a guy like Hardy who had a very successful MMA career. An excellent analyst right now. He's very passionate and fiery. The important thing for us to do is try to get a handle and get an understanding of what actually happened. It's not bad, though, dude. It's just like, come on. It's like, um... You know, it's just, you know, it's the heat of the moment, man. You got to protect, you got to protect everybody, Herb. I mean, Herb's been in the news for lots of fucking shitty stoppages, you know. But then, gun to head, if someone was talking to me about what what would I rather have? Would I rather have an early stoppage? Or would I rather have a late stoppage? Early stoppage. Then again, it's bullshit. All of it's bullshit. The circle of bullshit is real. I'd rather have neither of them. I'd rather just have it, you know, great stoppage. You know, there's been a lot of great stoppage. Okay, take it. Too much damage. He stopped defending. He's not defending. End the fight. Okay. But, you know, clearly, Francisco Trinado leveled Jay Herbert. Slept him. Even Jay Herbert kind of put his hands up like, no more. Jesus, I feel bad for the guy. Like, damn. You guys, you guys ever forget that Trinaldo hits like a truck? In all respects to Jay Herbert, when people say, oh, you hit him on the forehead, dude. Do you know how it hit, gets to hit, hit with a bomb 
a big ass fucking strong 170 plus guy on fight night and Masran Duba, Francesco Tonaldo. You guys remember uh, how spaghetti legs uh, Francesco Tonaldo had Nancy Medeiros on? Dude, you guys remember how he, 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 he shit out of Nancy Medeiros? You guys remember that, man. You guys, you guys are casuals. You don't know who Francisco Trinaldo is, and you don't know what the hell he, he, he brings to the table, man. This guy can fight. He also can submit you, too. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. On top of being a badass motherfucker when it comes to fighting. Huge power in everything. So, I mean, Francisco Trinaldo is an absolute monster, so... Once again, I'm not mad at Herb Dean. I didn't mean to get a little wild and stuff, but hey, I can definitely understand it, man. The media is very persuasive and stuff. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, like I said, no one understands. It happens all the time. You know, Hardy openly said what he needed to say. You know, unfortunately, and, um, you know, unfortunately, like, it, it happens sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's alright. Anyways, guys, what else we got? You break me for me to talk about. Oh, Other than that, man, there are some really good fights. What's the next fight card coming up? Congrats to Carla, uh, Congrats to, oh my god, Carla, you're so sexy, girl, oh my lord, I would love to have my time with Carla Esparza, that's for damn sure, <laughs> she's so hot, I would love to take her, I would take that girl out on a date, I want to see, I want to wrestle, I want a girl like a wrestle, that'd be cool, but that's kind of like intimidating though, if you think about it, man, she's a strawweight, former champion, very gorgeous, man, I think Carla's pretty sexy, to be honest with you. I'll take her out. Definitely better than looking than a lot of my exes. That's for damn sure. Very cute. Um, where we watched uh, Whitaker versus Till a little bit later on too. So I have to have time to watch the main card and stuff like that. I mean, I watched, I looked at some of the highlights and stuff like that. But you know, um, you know, I'm ready to continue to move on. No, like I said, can continue to move on. We got more fight cards coming up, and the next fight card coming up is uh, Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian. And my favorite thing to do when we end the show, when we're ending at the end of the show, would be to uh, do our picks. Let's let's get a drum roll, please. Fight picks, fight picks, bitch. All right, verdict of the Let's go. And shout out to Verdict for always responding back to my messages or liking my tweets when I shout them out on doing a good night. Last night, betting-wise, was the shittiest night for me, though. I think I went like 4-4 four and four or something like that. Then again, they didn't let you bet on all 15 fights, let alone, I probably got more right than anything. girl I'm texting, I started texting her last night, we're um, talking about drinking beer and stuff, smoking weed and all that, um, but we're talking about that and she's like, I'm hungover, I'll just text her back, alright, fight picks, 
Fight picks. And on August 15th, we got Miocic versus Cormier 3, which isn't for a little while, so we got a little time to breathe. Edmund versus uh, Edmund Shabazzian versus Derek Brunson. Okay. Starting it at the top to the bottom. One, two, three, four, five, five. Main card. Stop. Start at the top. I'm going to go with Edmund Shabazzian. Fucking underdog pick, baby. Edmund Shabazzian by knockout. He's going to knock Derek Brunson out in the first round. Betting hard. 600 experience points. Potential payout for this one will be 1,786 points. I'm betting hard, ladies and gentlemen. I like to make bets. And I will continue to do that. I'll bet hard, especially in the future when it comes to these fights getting stacked up. And so I was talking about my talking this with my brother the other day, like looking at all these fantastic stars and all these people in the future. It's gonna be amazing to see who's gonna be a world champion in five years from now, man. I'm ready. Joanne Calderwood versus Jennifer Maya. She's taking a really high-risk fight, you know, taking on a girl like Jennifer Maya. She's tough as fuck. I'm going to go with the Brazilian Jennifer Maya by decision. Upset. Jennifer Maya is going to be fighting Valentina Shevchenko. And Joanna Calderwood risked her time. Risked her time. Vicente Luque versus Randy Brown. Vicente Luque are picking him by unanimous decision. The striking looks very good. Randy Brown has a lot of power. He's coming off a couple good wins. Um, Ed Herman versus Gerald Nishart. Fuck, I'm picking Gerald I'm big draw, no shot, though. The submission? Second round? No. Decision. Well, I don't know how the fuck I think they're going to win, whether it's by submission or knockout. I just pick decision to be safe. Because at the end of the day, I'm just happy, happy to, uh... Oh, man. Kevin Giles is fighting. Fuck that guy. He didn't beat James Krause, bitch. Uh, I'm picking Kevin Holland by decision. I hate that guy. I don't like Kevin Giles. He sucks. Say MMA fighters suck and stuff, so we kick, kick our all, all of our asses in general. So, um, oh, okay. You wanna, you guys wanna do some early shit with me? Some early fight picks? You wanna do it? Are we gonna do this? Is this gonna happen right now? We are gonna do this on this episode, episode two seventy nine of Kicking It with the King. Like I said, follow us on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, KWTK Pod on Instagram and Twitter, G the King Official on Instagram. All right, we're doing UFC two fifty two. Picks. Ooh. Ooh. 5-5 five, five main card as well. Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Co-main event, Junior Dos Santos versus Jardino Rosenstrike. Magomed Ankalaya versus Ion Kunta. This is a stack card. Magomed Ankalaya versus Ion Kunta Laba. Pedro Munoz, Frankie Edgar, Sean O'Malley, Marlon Vera. Ooh. I'm going to have a fucking orga- a fight orgasm right now because... I'm going to get this right. I know it. I can just tell. This is one of the, ooh, this is an underdog fucking main card, and I'm excited to fucking get, oh, I get so excited. All right, let's fucking go. All right, let's go. From top to bottom, Stipe Miocic against Daniel Cormier. All right. Can't, I got to go with my man Cormier, man. Decision. Decision win for Cormier. <laughs> I mean, I love Stipe. I, I, there's a side of me that thinks Stipe is going to win, but, you know, fucking Cormier. I got to go with Cormier for how good he's doing. Um, George, I mean, just everything he's doing on the outside of the fucking sport, how good he's doing. Just how, how much of a good guy he is. I mean, you can't base someone's fight skills on how good they are as a guy, but um, you look at his fight with Stipe the second time, he's essentially winning, and, you know, if he had used a lot more wrestling, things would have been better. All right, Junior Dos Santos versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. I think Jarzinho Rosenstrike 
knocks Junior Dos Santos out in the second round. I'm going to bet hard on Jarzinho. Potential payout is 1,293. I'm good. I'm game for that. I'm picking Jarzinho Rosenstrike, Mar Magomed Ankalaev versus Ion Kunte Laba. If you remember the first fight, I'm going with Ankalaev. I think Ankalaev's going to beat the fuck out of him and, and, and openly and openly uh, do that with, with, with ease, okay? Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar, okay, at the bantamweight division. You can't fucking go against Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz defeats Frankie Edgar. Bye. Unanimous decision. All right. Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. I'm going. Ooh, this is going to get so many people mad. I'm going with Marlon Vera. I have to. Decision. Here we go, baby. Let's close, let's close this bitch out. We just, we just picked. I picked Daniel Cormier. Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Magomed Ankalaev. Pedro Munoz and Marlon Vera. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get the fuck out of here. What's up, guys? Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for joining in. We just fucking ended the show with a bang. Appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in each and every week. The episode. You can remember, like I said, you can follow us on Twitter. And. And Instagram. At KWTKPod. G, the King Official. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez, as well as anchor.fm slash KWTK pod forward slash start. Wait, no, 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 no. Fact, backtrack. Anchor.fm forward slash KWTK pod to follow our podcast or to listen to all of our episodes on the air, live, uncensored, free, as always. Um, anchor.fm forward slash start to start your own podcast today and so forth it's good to be back i told my brother the other day i was like this has actually been a routine thing to to to, to sit here in the morning after a fight night and recap everything we talked about a lot and i'm excited ladies and gentlemen all right so we'll be back sooner rather than later ladies and gentlemen i appreciate you guys we'll be back g the king out bye folks